Hey guys, welcome back to Friday Live. You got just Matt here today. Um, we're going to be talking about a subject I put on Facebook that you don't want to miss today because we're going to have a really special testimony. Well, it's just me, but I'm going to, I want to share something with you. It was extremely encouraging to me and uh, I, I think you'll be interested in hearing it. This is going to be one of those, one of those podcasts that I, I would say would be a good one to share with people. Um, going to be talking about Brenna a little bit today, talking about the ministry some, but we're going to start with reading Psalm 139, but I'm um, gonna, I want to when, share something with you. When Brenna was in the hospital, um, as she was born, we kept this passage over her bed, over her NICU crib, and uh, so I'm going to read it, and then uh, we'll be back in a minute to finish talking about it. But Psalm 139 and verse 13 says, it was you who created my inward parts, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret. And when I was formed in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. God, how precious your thoughts are to me and how vast their sum is. We'll be right back to finish talking about this. Don't go away. Before a single one of them began. God, how precious your thoughts are to me and how vast their sum is. We'll be right back to finish talking about this. Don't go away. Hey guys, I'm back. Um, man, it is good to have Sean here today. It is, he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know how excited I am to have help. But uh, as always, if you're watching um, at, during the live, go ahead and comment. I'm going to ask you to share. Uh, it helps us out a lot to share the post, um, even if you're watching it after it's live. But I wanted to share something with you today, but and before I even jump into that, I, I need to do some, uh, I guess, housekeeping. But a week from tomorrow, February the 18th, I'm here at the Bridge Fellowship Church here in Martins Mill. We're going to be holding one of our Bible study workshops, and uh, we've still got some seats available. Um, I forgot to put the the link in the in the uh, description. That's the word I'm looking for. Description. Um, I'll see you. Sean, can you put uh, that registration link? You know what it is? He, Sean's going to put it in the comments. Um, and uh, so we know you're coming. We're going to be providing lunch. It's going to be from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And we'll be just going over some real basic, um, I think they're basic, but they're really impactful um, Bible study techniques to help you dive deeper into God's Word. That's a week from tomorrow, February the 18th, at the Bridge Fellowship Church here in Martins Mill. You don't want to miss that. So... What's today's podcast about? Um, I want to be real honest with you. There are days when we're doing this. What's today? Um, honestly, there are days, even just in this ministry in general, that uh, you know. Sometimes you wonder, what in the world you. are we doing? Are we actually are reaching anyone? Um, are we spinning our wheels, so to speak? Uh, even to the point of, you know, is this worth it? And every once in a while, something something comes along to remind us or remind me really principally that what we're doing here matters. And I wanted to share something about that with you um, today. Yesterday, 
Um, I got a call from from a, a good friend um, and that we met through one of our nurses, one of our dear nurses, and just a random call. I'm going to be real honest. It was just kind of out of the blue for me, um, but he said he just felt like the Holy Spirit was telling him to give us a call and uh, and just to give us some words of encouragement. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it in a, in a minute. Um, but it made me start thinking about some of the things that we talk about. And one of the things that, that has been on repeat for us about two years ago, um, I wrote a blog post right out of Psalm 139, 13. And I called it God's not God if she's broken or something like that. And it stemmed from people, uh, people have great intentions, and, and I, don't, I don't mean to slight anyone, but um, from people, people have really good intentions. A lot of time they ask us, you know, what, what's wrong with Brenna? And uh, the intent there is, is, is really, you know, what kind of diagnosis does she have or whatever? And, and we get that pretty frequently, and, and that's fine. We've always been very open. We don't mind talking about it, and so don't, don't get that impression. Um, doesn't bother us one bit to, to discuss it, to talk about it, and, uh, but it, it started me thinking. You know, as I studied in scriptures, I was reading Psalm 139 a couple of years ago and, and thinking about this, and you know, kind of came to the conclusion of two things are true, or one of two things is true, I guess, is the kind of way I look at it. Either God made Brenna exactly the way she is on purpose, um, or he allowed, allowed her to be the way she is. And if neither of those are true, like if you, if you just said, no, this is just happenstance, it was just an accident, or, uh, you know, that's not what he intended. And I understand that argument. You know, we live in a fallen world. Sin broke us, and that gives us um, sickness and suffering and all those sorts of things. I get that, and I'm not, I'm not negating that. But I want you to really focus with me on this idea that if God did not make her the way she is, or if she just happened that way and he could have stopped it, but he didn't, or, you know, or maybe that's the case. Or I guess for me, the, the, the scary part is, is that some people would actually believe that he didn't have any input in it, that it, it happened because we're broken and that God just kind of watched. Um, that's actually harder for me to deal with than it is to believe that he made her with intention. Um, and part of it's because I go to this text and as I look in it, I mean, it's very clear. It was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb and it says in verse 15, my bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret. It's talking about what's happening in the womb. And this verse is used a lot for, you know, anti-abortion and that kind of thing. Great, works for me. But this idea that I'm talking about really makes people uncomfortable. This idea that, that Brenna is exactly the way she was intended to be. Um, you say, well, where's your, where's your biblical reference? If you go over in the New Testament, we have this story of blind Bartimaeus, and I go to it all the time. Um, and you have the paralytic also, who for 38 years was by the pool of Bethesda, and he was healed by Jesus. But specifically with blind Bartimaeus, you know, the disciples said, well, who sinned? Was it him or his parents? You know, what caused him to be this way? 
And it's Jesus' response that, that gets me there and, and kind of makes me stop and pause. And his response is, nobody. He didn't sin. He didn't do anything wrong to deserve this punishment. And it's, and it's, I like to take it even a step further. He says his parents didn't sin, and he, he really says nobody sinned. And so to take the point that he was only the way he was, his body was quote-unquote broken because we live in a sinful world, because we live in a fallen world. I, I understand that, and, and there's, there's probably some underlying element of truth in that. But the reality is, is that Jesus said he's not this way because of sin. He's this way on purpose so that he could be healed in this moment to bring glory to the Son. And if we take the Scriptures at their face value, the inerrancy of Scripture, it is the very Word of God. If we have to start explaining away all the stuff to, that we read to meet our own worldly, earthly, human logic, then we've missed a big step. And so when we're talking about, about even my own daughter, and as people... You know, say, what, what is it? And people don't want to say what's wrong with her um, because even somewhere in their own mind, they're like, well, that just sounds. So they'll ask, what are her diagnoses or, or what are the issues that she has? All valid questions, happy to talk about them. Um, but we've come to learn, and, I, and you know, I was talking with Tim about this, and he made a statement. He says, but that's not something that you knew inherently. You've come to learn that. And absolutely, we've come to understand and I'm going to show you, uh, I think, some of the reasons why in just a second. But it's important for me to go from the text and not just try to explain away suffering and pain and all of that that we see in the world. In, in fact, I want to do the opposite. I, I think that a lot of the pain and suffering that we undergo, I know that Brenna suffers all the time physically. Um, I don't know how she suffers emotionally. She can't talk to us, but, um, but that there's purpose to it. It's not just this happenstance that God stands back and watches. Oh, no, this thing's out of control. It's not like that. According to Psalm 139, for a situation like Brenna, who had congenital in-the-womb issues that we couldn't figure out, no, we did extensive testing, and nobody knows to this day what went wrong. It just did sometime early in the pregnancy. It just happened. We don't know why. They don't have a cause. There was no genetic defect there was no you know anything it just happened and so i look in this text and and you it makes people uncomfortable i want to encourage you to embrace the idea of the sovereignty of god and it's okay to lean on that why why in the world um is that a big deal and why do we believe that part of it's because of that phone call i got last night and it was such an encouragement because, and I've made the statement before that Brenna will reach more people for the kingdom with the gospel being nonverbal than I ever will um, being able to speak. And, and that's because we have seen over and over and over again through her life and through her testimony of just, you say, well, she doesn't have a testimony. She doesn't speak. No, she has one. And it's, it's, it's a miracle that she's here. In May, she'll turn 16. Um, our surgeon, who just passed away a few months ago in a car accident, her facial surgeon, used to say every time we would visit, he had students in with him all the time, and he would explain to them her story, and, and, you know, and he would say, no, no, really, she wasn't supposed to live. Medically speaking, she should not be here. We joke when we have new nurses that if you read on paper, um, she reads as a terrifying story. 
um, she's medically fragile. It's you read her data and all the meds she takes and her diagnoses and what all is, you know, going on in her body. And you think, how in the world is she alive? Well, she's alive because God wants her to be. And through that, just that alone, she has been able to penetrate some dark and hardened hearts um, that were just hardened against God, hardened against church, hardened against the world and this junk that we live in. And we've seen the Holy Spirit use her um, just in her personality, in her existence, to kind of break through to some people that maybe don't even believe in God, but now they're beginning to think, maybe, because they've met her. And, you know, this phone call we got yesterday, um, or the, that I got yesterday, I always say we, but it was, it was a phone call to me, and basically just saying thank you. So what does it have to do with the podcast? Long story short, there was just an individual who had gone through some trauma, um, some deep sorrow, deep loss. Um, and he said that he came across our podcast and it, along with some other things and some other instances in his life, started a ball rolling that eventually led to, about three years ago, him giving his heart to the Lord and the Holy Spirit drew him in and he's now actively pursuing God, pursuing the kingdom and, and pursue, pursuing a relationship with the Father. What does that have to do with Brenna? Well, if, if it wasn't for Brenna and her conditions, we would not know him. There would probably be no podcast. Um, if you don't know, The Crucible's Fire is comes from the name of the book that we wrote about Brenna in her first 10 years, and she kind of is the foundation for the crux of some of the things that we do and why we do what we do. And Here's yet another story of how somebody, we didn't even know it was happening, and one of the words of encouragement that he gave to us yesterday was, don't stop doing this. Don't stop doing what you're doing. He said, you may feel like you're not reaching anybody, but there's people out there. This comes across their feed from, from one time or another, and there'll be something that they, that they latch onto. There'll be something in it that catches their, their ear, and it catches their heart because it's the Holy Spirit using it. And he doesn't know how much of an encouragement that is to me to just keep going. Because sometimes it does feel like, you know, that, that there's no impact being made. And I don't know how you define that. And the problem is, is we shouldn't define that. We just need to be faithful with what God's called us to do and let him deal with the consequences and the results. And, and that's, we're, we're seed sowers. We're not cultivators. Um, I don't even know how much watering we do. We just sow the seed and hope that it gets planted and then hope that the Holy Spirit waters it. And, but it was an encouragement for me to remember that you know every day, and here's the reality of it. I told somebody this a couple of weeks ago. Brenda's been in and out of the hospital for the last 16 years, um, it'll be 16 in May, several times, and those days are hard. The helicopter rides are tough. You know, ambulance rides are scary. But that's really not the hardest part of being a parent of a special needs child. The hardest part is just the daily grind of getting up every day and pulling meds, you know, there's 10 or 12 of them three times a day or two times a day and then some in the middle and, you know, being tied to the house and there's all those things and it, it's, it's okay. It's not, a, it's not a big deal, but there's a lot of things that are different in our world than are in most people's world. And it's that everyday stuff when there's birthdays, you know, sweet 16 and everybody it's in her 
sophomore class are getting driver's licenses and going to proms and those sorts of things are getting ready. Uh, we're not doing those things. Um, and those are hard days. And it's, it's those everyday days that are hard. I, I actually get through the extreme days better than you do, as far as where I'm concerned, than it's the normal days. It's a great reminder to hear stories like Brenna touched you know, our life or our family, touched my life, brought me closer to God, because it's just a reminder that she's not an accident. You know, and, and it's easy to look on people in her condition or in her position with pity. Um, and, and maybe that's appropriate to some degree, definitely with compassion um, and with joy. But I choose to take it to a different route. According to Psalm 30, 139, is, is that she is still, in. according to the world, she's broken, in her broken state. She doesn't walk well. She can't talk. She doesn't eat as well as you and I do. She's tube-fed. She takes all these medicines, has all these diagnoses. She suffers with this and that and all these other things. But according to the text, she is fearfully, wonderfully made, remarkably made. So we've got a choice. I can either choose what the world says about her and my circumstances, or I can choose what the Word says about her and her circumstances. And we've chosen to, to, decide, uh, to, to believe and to choose to follow what the Word says. And that's affirmed occasionally when we get phone calls like we got yesterday saying, thank you for doing what you do. And all we do is be parents. And I'm not patting ourselves on the back. I don't want it to come across that way or anything like that. I just wanted to share how important it is because you may have a situation that you're going through, that you're wondering what in the world, why I've done everything I'm supposed to do. We're doing everything we know, but it's still falling apart. I still feel hopeless. My encouragement to you is, is to do what the scriptures say, which is to not focus on what you can see, but focus on what is unseen. And to take that, that that courage take that that uh, what's the word i'm looking for the encouragement that nothing you're going through is wasted it has purpose and even something as extreme as a child who by the world standard is broken according to the text she's exactly the way she's supposed to be and there's a big argument that we could have back and forth about god's sovereignty and the will of man, and you know the results of evil. I would be more than happy to sit down and have that conversation with somebody over coffee. But when I read into the text, I have, how do I want to say this? It takes more faith for me to believe that God's just reacting to the stuff that got set in motion in the world because of sin than he is, than it does for me to believe that he is orchestrating the brokenness in the, in the world as well. I think of Job chapter 1, where even we see that Satan himself was and is a tool of the kingdom. Even in his broken rebellion, that's to me the meaning of Romans 8, where he says, you know, what is meant for evil, or not, uh, he says what, uh, I'm getting the reference wrong, but God, Satan meant for evil, God meant for good. And and it says in Romans 8, all things work together for good for them who love God and are called according to His purpose. Even this brokenness that we call it. I think of Bartimaeus. I think of the paralytic at the pool. And it's a reminder to me that over in 2 Peter chapter 1, he says that he's given us some great and wonderful promises. And God has promised us He will finish what He started. He's promised that He can be trusted. And the closer you walk with Him, 
uh, you know, like Tim said, he said, the closer you are with him, the more you can see what he's actually doing. And it occurred to me, while that's true as well, the closer we walk with him, the more we can trust him and the circumstances, even when we can't see what he's up to doing. Sometimes you don't know why. And sometimes you can't see where he's going. God, if you just show me what you're doing. Well, a lot of times I think he's just telling us, you know what, I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing, but you still have to trust me. Our job is to sow the seed a lot of times, and we don't get to be concerned necessarily about where it falls if you read the parable. And some of it's going on good ground, some of it's on rocky ground, blah, blah, blah. You may have heard the story. But my encouragement today was simply that to have someone call randomly after years of really not speaking, um, not any particular reason, just not crossing paths anymore, and to encourage us to keep going, not just in the ministry, but in the ministry, but as a family, to stay at it, um, because our situation that we may feel like sometimes, I'm going to be real with you, sometimes is burdensome, um, it's hard, but it's that very situation that God used through the Holy Spirit to speak to someone and begin a ball rolling that ended in them pursuing the kingdom. You know what? Every minute of it is worth it to hear stories like that. Um, we hear stories on the ministry and the podcast. All that. We joke about having two or three followers. I think there's three or four people on right now. Um, we get all, most of our listening comes after the fact. And people share this stuff around. But every once in a while, somebody will comment and say, you know, I listened to your podcast or I heard what you guys said. And it, man, it really impacted me. It really made me think. And what really it did was it showed them a little bit more of who the kingdom is and what the kingdom is doing in their life. And that makes everything worth it. And as I looked back and was thinking about what I would share today, I just wanted to say thank you to that guy. I don't know if he's watching, but if you are watching, you know who you are. And thank you for sharing that because so many times we might even feel that about someone but we don't tell them. And I want to encourage you, if you're feeling something like that towards someone where they've been a ministry to you, they've, they've done something in their walk with the Lord or just in who they are that has ministered to you, reach out and tell them thank you. It means the world to people because so many times you feel like you're doing nothing and everything you do is in a vacuum. That's why I have a heart for these pastors of like small churches out in the middle of nowhere you know you go to pastors conferences and you go to these big leadership conferences and everybody's trying to teach you how to be a big church and how to run from 200 to 2000 in six months and all these crazy stuff like that and i have a heart for that guy that's in a little town in the back side of nowhere he's got 40 people in his church and that's everybody in the town everybody's there there's no room for growth he's just being faithful to what God gave him. And I want to encourage that guy. And I want to encourage you that if there's people in your life, like this guy that called me yesterday, um, that have, have done something for you, helped you push towards the Lord, helped you to see something better, just been with you during a hard time, reach out to them and tell them thank you. Because when they're gone and you say it at their eulogy, they don't get to feel that. Go tell them now. Send them a text message. Pick up the phone. Take them to dinner. Um, you don't know how much that means to, to people. And if you're on the other side of that, and maybe that's you, and you're just kind of struggling thinking you don't matter, thinking that what you're doing has no impact, 
I want to challenge that lie that's from the enemy. You are intentional, if you are intentional. You are made the way you're made. And God made you the way you made you. He is, according to Acts, I believe it's chapter 16, I have to double check that. He figured out the borders of your habitation. You're in the geographical place where you're supposed to be. Don't be discouraged because you never know. I was reminded yesterday, you never know who's listening, who's watching. You never actually know what the Holy Spirit's doing. He didn't ask you to make sure that the, the results happen the way you think they should. What He asked you to do was to be faithful, to remember that even when it looks like everything's falling apart, and I will tell you this, and I'll finish it up with this. When we got the news that something wasn't quite right, as it were, with Brenna, we were devastated. And as time rolled on and in those times in the hospital, man, it was tough. I ain't going to lie. It was hard. Um, and at times it's easy to get sucked in and to forget that God is God and God is sovereign. And it, when you feel like it's futile, you feel like there's no point, I want to go back to this because it's not just talking. This verse is talking about how we were made in the womb and those sorts of things. But it tells us some principles, and the principles are simply God is in control. Are we held responsible for our actions? Can we cause collateral damage because of our sins? Certainly we can. I'm not negating that. But sometimes we're doing everything right as we know to do it, as we humanly can possibly do it, and everything still falls apart. Don't lose hope and don't lose heart. Even in a situation like this for us where our, our kid didn't turn out the way we expected, but according to Psalm 139, she turned out exactly the way she was intended, which helps us with our perspective on how we get up every day to deal with, frankly, what is the monotony of care. Because there's ability to find joy. Just yesterday, she and I sat on the couch together, and she leaned over on my shoulder. We were watching TV, and she nuzzled up underneath my arm and wanted my arm around her, and we just sat on the couch and watched TV for a good long time. There's not anything better than that. Not anything on this earth better than that. And the joy that we get from hearing stories like I heard yesterday, it makes it all worth it and then some. See, Paul said, I want to know him and the joy or the power of the resurrection. But he said, I also want to know the fellowship of his suffering. So if you're suffering today, don't lose heart because that's how oftentimes you're going to get to know him better. I know Pastor Butch uh, posted on, on Facebook maybe this morning or yesterday, Suffering is what we're called to. Sorry, and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better and we get to be with Him. But you can take heart. God is good. And that is the way many times that He speaks into those parts of our heart that we don't want to turn loose of, that we don't want to let anybody into. So I don't, I don't encourage you to seek it, but when it comes, embrace it and trust Him because He can still be trusted. I appreciate you guys joining us today. I would ask you to share the post. Um, go and like our ministry page um, and that sort of a thing. And I, I want to encourage you to come see us on February the 18th, a week from tomorrow. Um, if you would like to have just some basic Bible study techniques, anyone can do it. We run teenagers through this program um, to teach you how to handle some of the original languages and uh, and how to really get some deep knowledge out of Bible study. Man, I would really love to see you. I'd love to have a full house. We've done this with up to 108 is our top right now that we've done in a class. We've still got some seats left for a week from Saturday, 8 to 1. I'll buy you lunch. 
Um, but please hit the link in the in the comments and do a registration so we know you're coming. We appreciate you. Um, and as our slogan says, all we're here to do is to help you know how to learn, teach, repeat, as 2 Timothy chapter 2 says we're supposed to do. You guys have a great weekend. See you next time.